We welcome you to the worship service, preaching service of the Scots Fork Christian Church. I'm Otis Clark, the minister, and I hope and pray that as you are listening to this broadcast, that you are having a blessed Fourth of July celebration. Certainly, this is a very significant time, and we do want to see God's hand once again working in a mighty way upon this great land, the United States of America. This morning, I'm going to talk about a message entitled, America, Bless God. All through the years, year after year, we've heard so many say, and it's wonderful to hear, and it's beautiful and very profound, and many people say, God bless America. And absolutely, that is what we want. We want our Heavenly Father to bless this great land, this great land, the United States of America. But also, maybe we need to think about another way of wording that, those three words, and say, America, you and I, who are Americans and who believe in this great land are proud to be called an American, that maybe we need to be saying, what can we do? What is our part, our parts, so that America can bless God? We're going to read one verse, and I have a feeling probably from many a pulpit all across this land and maybe even throughout the world that these words will be read, and this is what it says, and you probably have heard it many a time. In Psalm 33, 12, this is what it says. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. And you go on and read the rest of that chapter, and it's a beautiful chapter filled with many a profound teaching. I want to ask you a couple of questions on the front end of this particular message. Um, what? How do you feel when you hear the name America? What do you think of? Does it want you uh, to make? What, does it make you want to stand and and lean back your shoulders and say, "I am proud." to be an American. I'm proud to be a part of this great land, this great land, the United States of America. Do you think of America as the land of the free, the home of the brave? I do not know about you, and everybody has a right to their opinion, but it bothers me. We've seen it on the Facebook. We've seen it on other settings uh, just recently about people taking a knee rather than standing uh, as the national anthem is sung or whatever patriotic thing is being done. Do we see a nation where one can climb out of the clutches of poverty to the highest office in the land? Let me ask you another question. Do you think of America as a Christian nation? Friends, that is a good, good question to ask. There is no question, as we share today, the 4th of July, celebrate this great land, there is no question in the minds of tens of thousands of people, yea, millions, but our, for, that for our respect for God, our respect for the Lord's church, our respect for the love that God has shown to mankind all through the ages, that it's just there, not there in many and many a setting. That is so sad because all of us know that the Bible tells us that God is the giver of every good and every perfect gift. 
When you think about America, have you ever wondered how a bunch of ragtag soldiers led by a general who lost more battles than he won? How do you think America rose from her humble beginnings to the powerhouse and the bastion of freedom the country has achieved? Friends, America, as we look over the annals of time, has been a light, has been a tremendous light in this dark world for over 240 years. But is that light getting a bit dim these days? Is our once great nation losing some of its luster? Are we the nation we once were? America, much like all the other nations, has had its share of problems throughout history. But we ask, are we missing something that could potentially lead our nation to ruin? In the book of Judges, in the Old Testament, we you will find a vicious cycle with the nation of Israel, and you may be very mindful of this, and that is this, that they would go from prosperity to sin, from sin to slavery, and from slavery to repentance, and from repentance to freedom, and the cycle continued throughout the life of the nation. We hear people and politicians say, like I said a moment ago, God bless America. Well, like I said, I think we'll do well for the few minutes we're going to talk here to really grab a hold of something and think about our responsibility as a citizen of this great land, the land of the home, the land of the free, the land of the brave, to think how that we can bless God. I believe the only explanation for the successful founding of our country was that God had his hand in the mix. I believe Patrick Henry had it right when he said, when he wrote in his will in 1799, whether this, the American war for independence, will prove a blessing or a curse will depend upon the use of our people uh, making up the blessings of the gracious God and the blessings he has bestowed upon us. If they are wise, they will be great and happy. If they are of a contrary character, they will be miserable. Righteousness alone can exalt them as a nation. And this morning, as we walk, continue to walk into our message, the first thing that I want us to note is God's people need to be God's people. Our founders understood the need for God to be prevalent in the lives of Americans. Our institutions are a reflection of the people within the country. Our nation needs those who call, who will call upon the name of the Lord to think and conduct themselves like they belong to Jesus. Christians are called to be the light of the world. Some of the greatest words that our Lord ever spoke are found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 in the Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world, our beloved Lord said. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. As Christians, we have to be the light in the world. When the country around us seems to be falling apart, it's up to us to help right the ship. But as long as we reflect the world in the way we live, we will never be able to impact this world in a positive way. In our country, we have been given so much. We have been given freedom. The problem 
our country is having is that we have forgotten that with freedom comes responsibility. Our founders used this freedom in Christ to serve a higher cause. Many ended up losing all they had for the cause of freedom. We need to understand a general dissolution of principles and manners will move, surely overthrow the liberties of America than the whole force of the common enemy. Samuel Adams went on to say, while the people are virtuous, they cannot be subdued. But once they lose their virtue, they will be ready to surrender their liberties to the first external or internal uh, invader. Friends, God's people are needed so desperately uh, to be shining lights and salt, so many things, so that we can hopefully reflect what Christ would want us to reflect. God's people need to start taking action now. There's so many things that come to my mind when I just think about the statement that I have just shared. When this past year, January the 6th, we saw such a tragic, such a horrendous thing when they desecrated the White House, the White House in Washington, D.C. My, oh my, how horrendous and how terrible that was. And I don't want to be negative, friends, but we, we're just simply quoting facts and quoting things that every one of you know. And we think about what a violent nation we have, be, have become. That Louisville, Kentucky is regarded as a very violent state. Isn't that sad? A very, uh, a very violent uh, city, beg your pardon. And so we need to see that uh, uh, there is so much of a need for people, men and women, boys and girls, to say, where have we been in the past? Certainly we did not do everything right. What about at the present? Certainly we're not doing things right. And what does the future hold? I submit to you that it is only as Christ and the teachings of the Bible live in your heart, live in your mind, abide in your heart, that will determine what we will be like from five years from now, from 10 years from now, and on down the road. We have written peace treaty after peace treaty after peace treaty. Friends, you mark it down. We will never have peace in this nation until the Prince of Peace becomes a part of our lives. Chew on that. Think about that. Let me say it again. We will only have peace as that peace of God, the peace of Christ, that Christ can bring, is living and abiding in our hearts. Those trying to destroy the very foundation of this nation, it seems anymore, are many. Freedom comes from people being willing to sacrifice it all. Maybe some of you remember this name and maybe you don't, but back a number of years ago when there was the terrible shooting out in Colorado and uh, at the high school, and there was a young lady by the name of Cassie Bernal, and uh, uh, a young man came up to her in the school and poked a pistol right in her face and asked her, said, do you believe, grab a hold of this people, probably about 17 years old, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? And she said, yes, I absolutely do. And he dropped her dead with one shot. Friends, I don't know what I would have said if I would have had a gun right between my eyes, right up at my face. And if I were asked that question, I would hope and pray that I would say, yes, I do. I hope and pray that name never, never gets lost because that has stood out of my mind for years and years and years. And friends, I believe 
that the chasm between the person who is a Christian and the person who's a non-Christian and the people who seemingly want to rid this land of uh, teaching anything of authority, who seem like they want to rid the land of teaching that which is right and that which is wrong. And I had a person to say, to say to me the other day, it's unbelievable how hard that we work to try to get the Bible to say what we want it to say. The best interpreter of the Bible is the Bible itself. And so, friends, there is such a grave need because righteousness will exalt a nation and sin is a reproach to God. We cannot expect his blessings upon this great land if we continue to move backwards and backwards in our respect for the greatest book in all the world, the Holy Bible. When we move back and away from what God wants us to do, we cannot expect the blessings of our Heavenly Father. We go back and study our beginnings. 56 men signed the Declaration of Independence. Their conviction resulted in untold sufferings for themselves and for their families. Of uh, the 56 men, five were captured by the British and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Paul, speaking to the Christians at Ephesus, said, For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. Christians have to go back to being God's people, seeking to bless God as a citizen of this land, seeking to be obedient. We have so many. I think of what it says in the last book of Judges, and I believe I'm recalling correctly, and it says that everybody did that which was right in their own eyes. Oh, friends, that will not work. We were created by God's Son. We were created by God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and it's only as we live our lives in obedience to him which will bring blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing. But it seems like it's just so hard to get that into the hearts and minds of people. But we've got to go back trying to follow the teachings of the Ten Commandments and reading them and practicing them in our lives. I know that you can go back and you can get so many quotes from people about this great land. And uh, we know uh, a man by the name of uh, uh, Webster, Noah Webster, made this statement. The, the Christian religion is the most important and one of the first things in which all children under free government ought to be instructed. No, no truth is more evident than that the Christian religion must be the basis of any government intended to secure the rights and privileges of a free people. God, or does God belong, we ask ourselves, even to this day in the schools? Evidently, it does not seem so today. We go back and look at the New England Primer, and that was the standard textbook in schools some two, oh, for over 200 years, beginning in Boston in 1690, and it is full of Bible facts and teachings. Our educational institutions were founded with God as the center. I want you to look, listen with me if you will, a couple of statements of the philosophy of our major colleges in the United States. We walk back through the period of time and we look at Yale. Seeing God is the giver of all wisdom. Every scholar, besides private or secret prayer, shall be present morning and evening at public prayer. Princeton, 
Cursed be all that learning that is contrary to the cause or to the the work of Christ. Harvard University, Harvard College said that every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of life and studies is to know God and Jesus, which is eternal life, John 17, John 17, 3. And therefore to lay Christ in the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. Isn't that unbelievable? Also, you go back to the November the 1st, 1802, the Ohio State Constitution said, religion, morality, knowledge, being essentially necessary to the good government, the happiness of mind, schools, and the means of instruction shall forever be encouraged by legislative provision. This is something that you will find very meaningful. Of the 106 or 106 of the first 108 colleges formed in America, 126 of the hundred and uh, of the first 125 were formed on Christian principles. By 1900, it was extremely rare to find a university president who was not an ordained minister. And maybe some of you who are listening know this: that the first president to, uh, of the University of Kentucky was a Christian church minister. Go back and study that, and you'll find that very, very interesting. Also, since the 1960s, when the systematic removal of God from the schools took place, things have gotten worse and worse. I went to school, graduated from Shelby County High School, loved school, and there was no way in the world that we saw the kind of behavior that is being seen in our schools today. Never was there any talk about having to have policemen or a policeman, a security guard. Never was there any of that whatsoever. Friends, you know the way Satan works? He doesn't work, take you from point A to point Z and just a snap, but he is more subtle than any beast of the field going about seeking to get those uh, that he can. And needless to say, he has gotten millions and millions following his teaching. Friends, we have got a lot to do. Our work is cut out for us, and we have got to see that there are so many things that are happening happening in our schools, and uh, it, it is just heartbreaking. We've got more violence. Uh, I'm sure you know this is the statistic, that mental illness is at an all-time high. All kinds of things. And friends, I don't mean to be simplistic, but you mark my word, if we could just get people to slow down, be still, and listen to the teachings of the scriptures, seek to become a student of the Bible. Uh, Go to a church where there's a strong Sunday school program. Go where there is a strong preaching and great beliefs in the scriptures and in Jesus Christ, and and seek to follow him. We can see that, that we'll see a change in America. Weeks after the inauguration, President George Washington signed the Northwest Ordinance, and this is what the Northwest Ordinance said, drafted concurrently with the creation of the First Amendment. 
that act stipulated that for a territory to become a state, the schools and the means of education in that territory must encourage the religion, morality, and knowledge that was necessary to good government and the happiness of mankind. In the book of Deuteronomy, you probably have read these words many a time. In Deuteronomy 11, 18 and 19, imprint these words of mine on your hearts and mind. Bind them as a sign on your hands. Let them be as a symbol on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. We all are responsible for the education of our children. It isn't the state. It isn't anyone else but the responsibility of a parent. For America to bless God, we also need, God's people need to influence government again. Notice as with education, God's people need to influence government again. Our government was heavily influenced by Christianity. Let me read you something I think that you'll find very interesting. In a 10-year study, the political science professors at the University of Houston researched over 1,500 writings of the founders. They isolated 3,154 quotes in these writings. Of these direct quotes, 34% of these quotes uh, come directly from the Bible. Another 60% were quotes from people like John Locke, Sir William Blackstone, who directly quoted the Bible. Over 94% of the quotes found in the writings of the founders came from the Bible. Listen, friends, we need to see. We have, a, have had a great, great heritage. I'm afraid we are raising people today and they're not being made mindful of our heritage and not being made mindful of if anything is great, if we're going to have anything that is going to be a substance, you can rest assured our Father has got to be in it. A lot of times we see so many things about the beginning of this land, and we know that it forms a leading event in the progress of the gospel dispensation. Is it not that the Declaration of Independence first organized the social compact on the foundation of the Redeemer's mission upon earth? That it laid the cornerstone of human government upon the free first precepts of Christianity and gave to the world the first irrevocable pledge of the fulfillment of the prophecies, announced directly from heaven at the birth of the Savior and predicted by the greatest Hebrew prophets 600 years before his birth. That was a quote by John Quincy Adams. You see, friends, our laws, our instructions must necessarily be based upon and embody the teachings of the Redeemer of mankind. It is impossible that we should be otherwise. This was stated in the Illinois Supreme Court back in 1883. And this is what it says, in this sense and to this extent, our civilizations and our institutions are emphatically Christian. Whatever strikes at the root of Christianity tends manifestly to the dissolution of civil, civil government. In 1811, that statement was made. And so we need to realize if we want to see a better America, it is certainly fine to say, God bless America. But also I want to submit to you, there's beauty in saying, as we have been talking about, is America 
you and I, who are citizens of the land of the free and the home of the brave, that we step up, accept our responsibilities, and really work hard and blessing our Father and doing our part to making America great. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for America. We thank you for this great day. And I just pray that somehow or another that we will wake up and realize realize that it seems that we are just undermining so many of the foundational truth that we have become so loose, so disrespectful of the great teachings of the greatest book in all the world, the Holy Bible. I do pray, Lord, that America will bless God. I pray that we will accept our responsibilities and you will bless our land and we will be eternally grateful. In his name we pray, amen. Amen.